This is the Frontier Podcast, powered by Gun.io, the engineer's choice for engineering talent. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe, and follow us on Twitter at TheFrontierPod. Lee Warwick wasn't satisfied with the standard storyline regarding junior developers. A career-changing bootcamp graduate himself, Lee heard the same tired explanations over and over again about how hiring juniors was rife with expense, risk, and headaches that from his own experience just weren't true. He started the Tech Junior podcast to support junior devs, along with a series of meetups where juniors could get together and share advice and approaches for their careers. Along the way, Lee developed a compelling framework to help employers understand how to get high ROI out of recruiting, employing, and retaining junior developers. In this episode, he sits down with Ledge to share these highlights. Lee, it's great to have you on, man. Thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, uh, yeah, if you don't mind, give a quick intro of uh, yourself and your work you know, for the, the audience. So I'm a, a career changer. Um, I went through a coding boot camp and then got hired right away into a, a big management consulting company. And then from there, kind of learned some lessons and then got hired as a front-end developer at an e-commerce shop. Um, and then aside from that, um, having been a career changer and just really in touch with the junior developer experience, I started my own podcast uh, called Tech Junior, and then also started a meetup that's focused on helping out junior developers. And through that experience, um, really found a passion for helping out juniors and also helping companies understand how to employ juniors and kind of utilize that wealth of resources that's out there. Yeah, yeah, man, that's, that's a huge topic. I mean, people I know, you know, come our way all the all the time. Um, you know, off mic, you and I were talking. We we tend to focus, you know, on the very senior developer set. And there's, I I know there's a huge demand for for juniors, you know, for all all kinds of reasons. Some of which are good reasons, and some of which are are not good reasons. You know, the bad reasons being, well, at least it's cheaper, you know. And and I think that that's a little bit of a of a misnomer, uh, but it's a really great part of a strategy for a hiring company. Um, you know, for all kinds of good reasons. So, you know, just talk through that, you know, like that, that experience and what you see on, on the hiring side, and we can get back to, uh, you know, the developer side after that. Sure. Um, so what I'd see a lot from talking to a lot of companies that are out there um, through the meetup and just through um, our own community is that nobody wants to hire juniors unless they're like a consulting firm or a giant company or something. They have a lot of processes in place to handle juniors. Uh, but your typical startup, or uh, a smaller company, uh, it seems like they're really focused on delivery and they don't want to slow down anything. They, they just run a super tight ship. And so the thought of taking any risk, um, especially on a, a new person or a junior developer is just, it's like they, they can't handle it. They don't want, they didn't want to think about it. So they, you see a lot of job postings for senior developer and you end up seeing, um, crazy postings like, oh, we need a guy with 10 years of React experience or, or that sort of thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. 10 years of React experience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's a good one. But there are, like you said, a lot of benefits to hiring junior developers. Yeah. Yeah, there absolutely are. And, you know, maybe we should start with um, some of the, the misnomers there. I mean, you probably believe some of those things are partially true. You know, the reasons that people don't want uh, a junior, junior person on, but you know, which, which of those are myth and, and fiction and, you know, which do you think ring true? And then how do we deal with it? So I think there's really like two big ones that um, companies look at when they say, uh, no, we're not even going to bother. 
And the first one is technical debt. So the idea is you hire a new person, they come on, and not only are they tying up your senior people that are no longer working on tickets, but they're mentoring. But these people are writing, the new people, writing code that's not great. And then your uh, senior developers have to go back and rewrite that code. And so in a, I mean, it's true. Um, you do have to watch out for that. So um, just like you would have to vet any developer coming into your company, you want to make sure that they're onboarded properly and that they write decent code. Um, but the misnomer there, or the myth, I think is that if you hire a senior developer, that they're automatically going to come in and just write perfect code. And everybody has to get onboarded, whether or not you have a ton of experience or a little bit of experience. Maybe you're a little bit faster if you've done it before, but maybe you've also brought with you a lot of bad habits and bad practices from a previous shop. You know, a greater level of uh, opinion, you know, that, that it might not. And, and I think what you, what you hit on is that there are best practices in hiring for anybody, right? And what you really want to be doing is understanding how do we work as an engineering organization? You know, how are we going to onboard and train anyone? Because every every company has their own way of using tools and technologies and their own version of writing code. I mean, you could say React, but there's, there's going to be 20 different ways that people sort of utilize that framework, right? And it's not enough to just, you know, name it. Um, and we get we get lost a little bit that, you know, for example, two A plus senior unicorn super rockstar ninja developers coming in writing React, like they're still going to have to gel and they're still going to have to, you know, they, they may hit the ground running, but who's setting the standards and and where do those things, you know, come from? So what I, I think I hear is that, you know, a lot of this comes down to, you know, really good management and engineering practice to begin with. And it, it's uh, that's a separate dimension than from how senior a given developer is. Yeah, it's especially prevalent in web development because talking about React specifically, React is super unopinionated. So you can have those two rockstar ninja developers come into your company, but if they both came from separate companies, they are both used to working on wildly different code bases because company A wants to use, I don't know, the Fetch API, company B uses Axios, company A uh, has like a pages directory for all their you know pages on their website. Company B just has components, so the projects are going to be totally different. And you know you may hire those two engineers on, and they both have very strong opinions about which one's better. Absolutely. So okay, so there's a misunderstanding, you know, at least a little bit of you know who's to to blame for technical debt. I think is part of it. Then and, and so what are what are some of the other points there? You talk about the mentoring. You know, does does it actually consume a great deal of time from the current senior players in order to to do that or is that is that really another myth so um i think the issue there is that if you have a practice of only hiring senior developers you don't really have any systems in place to onboard anybody else you know so you hire on a senior developer you sit them at a desk and you say hey we expect you to make commits in two weeks and then you don't touch that person Whereas if you're hiring a junior developer, maybe there's some paired programming going on. There's some onboarding process. There's a little of uh, mentorship where a senior person will sit down and say, hey, let me show you the code base and kind of get you up to speed. And the more that your senior people are doing that, the better at that that they're going to get. So you're going to be grooming your senior people to be better mentors, which means that you're going to be able to handle junior developers or even you know mid-level developers 
much more easily. But Lee, we need to move fast. We need to ship product. We're 50 years behind on our backlog and we're drowning. You know, I mean, how do you, how do you answer that? Because, you know, I, I think that the urgency sometimes overwhelms the, the good thought process. Yeah, I definitely hear that. Um, and that, that kind of goes back to what I was saying about, uh, you know, there, there's this, we have to iterate quickly and we're a startup and we got to get the product out yesterday. And I mean, th- there's some level of compromise there where you have to not overload your, your senior people and give them, you know, some time to mentor. Um, but there, there's a couple of ways to get around that. Um, for instance, like internships, um, maybe, you know, you bring on somebody for really cheap and you just kind of give them a test run and then they can help out with the minor tickets that your senior devs can, you know, throw their way. They're still going to need a little uh, time to mentor that person, but you can kind of try before you buy. Now, that being said, don't be that company that just has a continuous stream of interns doing just like abuses interns, right? Yeah. $5 an hour, we're going to get bug crushers, you know, and, and it's really not like that. And, um, I think you're right. You know, at, at the same time, this company wants to launch or do whatever they're doing. You know, they, a smart company would also be thinking about, hey, what happens when we're successful and our entire code base is controlled by one senior guy who doesn't know how to manage anybody and, and doesn't know how to set code standards or documentation? Nothing's commented. I mean, all of that is process debt. You know, it's, it's what we've been a store called the dark debt. That, that you can't get your head around when you need it and you start to have production outages. Um, I've seen companies be really successful, and this is not just in, in, in developers and engineering, but you know when you bring on more junior people, their number one job is to ask questions and write things down, you know, to start to build that internal knowledge base and sharing. And uh, it's great for business continuity. You know, that's, that's the kind of environment, you know, from a, you know, maybe from a consulting company, whether or not we all had fun at in consulting companies. The one thing you learn there is that you ought to be transferring knowledge and you should be writing that stuff down because, um, you know, you owe it to the, the client. And I, I think maybe if we acted that way as, as, uh, you know, producers inside of our own companies, we would build a more enduring asset. And, um, that full picture is really important. Yeah, definitely. You know, if you had an intern or somebody new, working on documentation, not only are they learning the code base, but they're creating, you know, a way for you to onboard people in the future. So um, they're kind of knocking out that lower level work that your seniors aren't really spending time on either anyway. You know, so you're, you're spending a little bit of money, but uh, you're getting a lot more out of that. And then of course, what happens? you're going to have junior people asking the senior people, uh, Hey, this one feature, like, how does this work? And then they're kind of like doing a little bit of testing at the same time and exploring some of the practices that have been maybe passed over whenever you were iterating so quickly. Right. Right. We didn't have time to deal with that. Just like we don't have time to deal with new people. So now, I mean, that, that is the definition of technical debt and the code that, you know, isn't going to scale. So, I mean, you made it, you make a good case, you know, why do you, why do you want to hire, um, the juniors? Are there, there, are there some legitimate, you know, downsides or maybe the best way to put it is not even downside, but just, what do I be prepared for in order to do this right? Because I think we can demonstrate that there are meaningful benefits and every senior comes from being a junior. Yeah. So there's some approaches that you can take, um, namely, you know, you have to slow down a little bit. You have to be willing to invest uh, 
either money or time into your people and your your company so that you have a process to you know get new people as you grow. So if you're so short-sighted that you're only worried about the product, um, what happens when your senior guy says, you know what, I'm tired of working so hard. I'm going to go work for this other company that is only hiring senior devs also, and they're going to pay me another $30,000. And so, you know, that person leaves. Now you're stuck with, well, gosh, we have nothing in place to onboard people. We have nobody that's good at mentorship. We have no documentation and we need to hire a senior person to figure all this out. Right. So, um, that's kind of, you know, what you're buying into when you iterate so quickly. Um, so ways to prevent that and allow yourself to hire on some juniors is to, you know, like I said, don't overload the senior people, expect them to spend some time mentoring and, and doing code reviews and pair programming. Um, also, uh, invest in the culture a little bit, um, provide educational opportunities, you know, get people excited about development and where they work and make sure that they're happy there. And then if you want to kind of keep the, the people that you're hiring that are new, um, you're, you're going to have to pay them as they experience or as their experience uh, levels up in a way, because that's another huge thing that I hear about junior developers is, well, we'll hire them on and then in a year they're going to leave for another job. I mean, is that it's sort of the expectation I think that everybody should have of all engineers if you are not an awesome place to work. You know, engineers of all stripes are under, uh, in, not under, but, you know, sort of have available to them many, many opportunities now. You know, I think in, in software engineering and, and development, it's a seller's market. And it, it, there's an opportunity at all times to be recruited to something else that will pay you more money. So, it is incumbent on the organizations to, to really think about retention. And I also think that engineers look at retention, you know, in different ways. As you talk to juniors, mostly, you know, what are the things that, that they're telling you that they wish for or that that could be better or that would keep them around? I can tell you what they never say. And they never say, oh man, I wish this place had a ping pong table or man, I wish we had a beer keg in the office or a whiskey bar or something like that. Um, that, that kind of like flashy stuff is neat for the first five minutes you walk in the door. But what people really want is a place where they feel like if they get stuck, they can turn and ask the senior person next to them, hey, when you get like five minutes, can you take a look at this bug or take a look at this ticket? I can't really figure it out. So well, and like, and that five minutes comes within the next hour. It doesn't come, you know, at like with a, a grunt, you know, two days later, uh, stop bugging me. You know, it's, it's so much about exactly. that attitude. Yeah. You know? yeah, absolutely. And I think there's, there's a lot of developers out there that are very passionate about that kind of culture and atmosphere. And you can see that on, you know, if you follow anybody on Twitter, that's a, a big developer or famous in that space. Um, they're, they're really invested in helping new people. They're super passionate about the code that they write and making it better and kind of creating a community around it. And I've even seen that running the organization that I run where you say like, oh, Lee, you probably talked to a lot of junior developers. To be honest, I talk to more senior developers than junior developers because those people show up in droves wanting to help. So it's just a matter of harnessing that within your own organization and getting that positive energy going where you've got people that, you know, maybe you've got a senior that's on some absolute miserable bug that they're working on, 
But then if they can take a break and work on something that's simple to them and then kind of get that dopamine hit of helping somebody, you know, maybe their mood is a little bit better when they go back to that problem they were working on. So there, there's a lot of like underlying benefits that you just don't see in dollars and cents when you're kind of looking at it from really high level. But when you dig down into it, um, I think it's it's something that we need to really embrace as an industry. You're making me think, and what just popped into my head is that you know the your junior developer program, if you will, at a, at a company is really going to be a valuable lens into your company culture and the things that you do and the ways that you scale. And you know, are you a place that the people want to be? Because they will have that unique perspective, particularly you know someone like yourself coming out of a different industry. You know, there's a lot of practices that you'll bring having had experience working in in orgs and now can apply that to to code architecture so there's i think there's junior with you know absolutely no work experience and there's junior with you know sort of career change you see any differences between those two types of uh groups and the things that you're saying yeah um there is a huge difference um even just going through the journey that i've been through uh you can tell when somebody is straight out of school or straight out of college and they're very young, they've never worked a job before. Um, those people need to be handled with care. And I mean, you need a really good interview process to kind of sniff out the people that don't even really care about development. Um, but then there's also career changers where they've left their previous job and their, their entire life behind and said, Hey, I want to go after this development, you know, job. And some of those people are very passionate about it and they're motivated and they do spend a lot of time, you know, improving themselves and, and writing code. And of course, bring with them a lot of experience from other industries and a lot of insights. So soft skills, um, they're good communicators. Uh, they know how to handle customers. Maybe, maybe they, uh, have like it or help desk experience. So there's a lot to be gained from hiring somebody that's a career changer and again, especially in web development where, you know, how senior is the senior person? Uh, everything's changing at such a rapid pace. Like how much value are you really get out of hiring somebody with 10 years experience? The web doesn't look anything like it did 10 years ago. 10 years of React isn't going to help you <laughs> unless you wrote React. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. And even that would have, what, be five years old? Yeah. So yeah, I get it. I get it. And I, you know, I think we all poke at the the fun recruiter ads that, you know, don't understand, uh, you know, the technology, you know, kind of at all. And I, I will second, you know, I haven't gone the other way in, in my career. You know, I'm always grateful for um, the problem solving ability and, and self-learning that is required in the engineering mindset, you know, is also very useful to a business and, and all different other, you know, functions. Right. And uh, if, if I were ever to go back to coding and I, I think about that a lot because I loved doing it you know that that context from the other functions which is really what you're talking about you know sales marketing customer service um, even different industries it can be a, a real competitive advantage that companies could then acquire um, for a below market value yeah you're gonna have to level them up you know you're gonna have to give them a commensurate raises but um, pros and cons all sort of being on the table that kind of sounds like a pretty good investment yeah, there's also, um, when you're talking about help desk and IT, um, there's a lot of hungry junior developers out there. And whether they're career changers or not, you can maybe hire them into those help desk IT roles that you may have and let them knock out a few tickets with the dev team. 
So they're kind of learning two sides to your business. And if they work out, great, you know, transition them into development. And if they don't, then, hey, you have a help desk person or, you know, they'll eventually leave anyway, but they're in a lower risk position than if they were actually writing your code base. So I think there's a huge opportunity there as well to kind of try before you buy. Yeah, yeah. The risk orientation is a really good point. I hadn't thought of it that way. Well, Lee, man, awesome insights. Where do, um, where's everybody find uh, Tech Junior? So you can find the podcast at techjunior.dev. That's T-E-C-H-J-R dot D-E-V. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes, Google Play, all that good stuff. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, make sure that uh, we push that out there. So before I let you go, critically important questions in our lightning round. Are you, are you ready for this? Yeah, shoot. All right. Star Wars or Star Trek? Uh, Star Wars, 100%. All right. All right. Uh, I appreciate the the Star Trek um, kind of ethos, but uh, it's it's a little... It's a little boring at times for me. <laughs> it's funny how many people say Star Wars and then need to like caveat and like not offend the Trekkies. So I uh, appreciate that. Yeah. Um, what are you reading right now? Not really reading a whole lot, just doing a lot of like video uh, coding tutorials. So um, learning about React Spring and animations, uh, Vue, Nuxt, all that stuff. Um, haven't really had time to pick up a book recently, <laughs> to be honest with you, unless it's a technical book. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> what can you not live without? Oh, guitar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. guitar. Nobody can see the video here, but he's got a big old rig behind him. So, you know, it, yeah, I bet this there's some jamming going on here. Um, what's the last thing you Googled for work? Probably the same answer as reading. Oh, man. Last thing I Googled for work. Uh, SEO is the last thing. SEO. Um, schema.org and uh, JSON LD, all that good stuff. <laughs> So I don't know if you're an office fan or a fan of the office, but, um, I like to watch that show. So I refer to it here and it's uh, Jim is the, you know, as most people know, the office protagonist and, and Dwight is the office heel. Right. And so there's a, a classic episode where Jim is sending faxes to Dwight from future Dwight and he's messing with him and he's saying the coffee is poison and you know, different things like that. Right? <laughs> so, I like to ask people, you know, if I, if I gave you a piece of paper and one of those big, thick black Sharpies and, and you are future Lee and you can, you can send that fax back to yourself, you know, in, in your past, uh, what do you scroll out on that paper? Uh, probably winning lottery numbers, um, to be honest with you. Winning lottery <laughs> I don't really like to. He's a pragmatist, folks. Yeah, you got, you got to be practical. Um, I don't really want to sit and kind of reflect on my career path and how maybe I could have done better or worse, or um, I'm happy where I ended up. And so the journey was a big process that made that happen, even though there were, you know, missteps along the way. So I started out um, at the university of Florida studying computer science, and then I moved away from it and didn't pursue it for 10 years after that. But um, maybe if I had continued with it, I'd be in a totally different position worked with different companies, learned to hate it, and then maybe never discovered it in a way that makes me happy in the first place. Well, Lee, man, thanks for being a good sport. You know, thanks for talking about the, the junior developer stuff. You know, I think it's it's a really important missing topic in, in a lot of the, the thought leadership I know that, that is out there in our space. So, you know, keep up the good work. We'll be watching. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you enjoyed the show and want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, 
Head over to gun.io slash podcast to get in touch and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast produced by gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.